I want to share three different verses with us this morning. The first one from Luke chapter 24. The second one from Acts chapter 1. So Luke and then Acts. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. So beginning in Luke's gospel chapter 24. The words of Christ shared with us. I welcome you to stand if you desire to do so or able to do so. Luke chapter 24, then to Acts chapter 1, and then to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Verse 49 of Luke 24, verse 49, Jesus said, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Isn't that wonderful news? Good news. Jesus is promising, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But we have some responsibility. Tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Jesus is giving that instruction to his disciples to gather in the upper room and to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. One of the highlights of my trip to Israel when Ken and I, Ken Mo and I were able to go. Uh, was visiting what is believed to be, by the uh, Protestants at least, the, the upper room, the area near the upper room. I believe we sang the song, The Comforter Has Come. There was excitement in the room as we tried to relive a little bit of what it must have been like when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost in the upper room. That was Luke 24. Let's go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The power giver has come. Praise God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5. It says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning again for your presence in our midst, the joy of acknowledging the Holy Spirit, sensing your presence here, celebrating the day that is set aside for us to remember the coming of uh, the Holy Spirit as you did on the day of Pentecost. We're glad your work is not done. We're thankful you're still faithful to come and meet with your people. You're still faithful to come and sanctify believers. You're still faithful to come that a moment of time, a crisis moment can occur like happened on the day of Pentecost when suddenly, suddenly the presence of the Holy Spirit comes and you do a cleansing work, you do a purifying work. We celebrate your coming and Lord, we yearn for more of you today. Would you anoint your messenger? Would you quicken these truths to each of us 
and those joining us online this morning. And we'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. You know something? The church of our day has leadership. The church of our day has uh, buildings. We're blessed. The local church here is blessed with the facilities we have and the sacrifice that has gone into making it possible for us to gather as we are and the comforts that we enjoy. A lot of energy, a lot of effort, a lot of sacrifice. Today we enjoy it. We're grateful for it. We have, we have so much. We have leadership. We have buildings. We have programs. We have attendance. We have finances. We have some measure of prestige. But there's one thing the church of our day cannot afford to be without. All of these other things, we're privileged, we're blessed. In so many ways, there are churches that would yearn to have a facility like this and the opportunities that we have. But every church, everybody can have that one matter that matters most to be very active in their life, and that is the Holy Spirit. The coming of the Holy Spirit. Praise His name. We cannot be without the dynamics of the Holy Spirit being in our midst, filling us, empowering us, cleansing us, keeping us, leading us all along the way. A church with the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit is present and He's active and He's at work, can be a church that is full of vigor. It can be a church that's exciting to attend, a place that that is exciting to be a part of because God is there and God meets with us time and time again. It's better than buildings. It's better than programs. It's better than a silver tongue. It's better than anything else in this world, and that is to have the Holy Spirit. Because if we don't have Him, then all we have is what we have here. We need the dynamic of the Holy Spirit. He's a mighty force. He gives us power to minister. Enablement to be able to be discerning and to be able to be empowered in such a way as as to reach out and win the lost and touch other lives for His glory and His praise. The Holy Spirit. Our only hope is that upper room experience. With him. Think with me, first of all, this morning of power defined. Power defined. Our world is full of natural power, power of the elements, wind. We know something of wind around here, don't we? It was just last, last Sunday, I believe, it was three years since the wind sucked our steeple right up off our building. Sent it crashing down across the roof. And it took months to get us back up and going again as far as that thing was concerned and all the repair. Wind. Just wind. That's all. A powerful wind. Tornado type wind. It's amazing what it can do. We have the natural element. We have wind. We have rain. We have 
water, we have heat, we have fire, we have steam, we have gas, we have electricity, we have atoms, and so on. All of these things in the power of the elements. There's the power of man, the social power that individuals can have, intellectual power, political power, financial power, physical power, ecclesiastical power. It goes all over the place. Military power. All these are on our own level. These things are things that are on our level, things that we might be observing today, things we know about, things we hope never happen to us, things we yearn to happen to us, so on. All of these things are on our level. But I'm more interested in supernatural power. Things that are above and beyond us, something that we can't, we can't conjure up. We, we have no power over it. It's, it's the things of God, the things eternal, things supernatural, things that we only can derive as we are plugged in, as we're connected to the power source. Uh, that's the only way for us to receive it. It's power from on high. It's not Superman. It's not He-Man or any other version of the comics that are out there, whatever they're properly uh, named. It's, it's not supernatural power from below. And believe me, there's supernatural power. There's power that demons have, the devil has, uh, that God allows to occur. And have you ever felt the devil? Have you ever felt that dark presence of evil? I don't care for it. What I'm talking about this morning is, is not that. I'm, I'm hungry for the supernatural. The power from above, the things of God. Some of us have visited Niagara Falls. Always an interesting experience. You just kind of never gets old to go there and, and uh, to see the Horseshoe Falls and the other two that are involved in the Niagara Falls, 169 whatever feet above uh, level ground. That we would call water from on high. It's coming down from somewhere, 5,000 cubic feet every second, they say. Something on that order. Uh, That's power from on high, water from on high. Supernatural power is the vitalizing, the energizing power of the Holy Spirit. It comes from on high. And we must have it. It's the spark that ignites the the powder. It's the transforming power of God. Something that you and I must have as believers to be transformed by the Holy Spirit in sanctifying power. We need the Holy Spirit Thank God for his power that he has today. This power is, that is so defined is the power that is needed. That would be my second point this morning. Power defined, power needed. Our attention, 
our activities, our energies, they may be centered on programs and organizations and uh, money, any number of things. Our interests are bound up in the secondary things of life, by and large. You're thinking about tomorrow, having to punch the clock, or how you're going to get that particular job accomplished tomorrow. We're we're, we're caught up in, in things that we need energy for, we need power for on, on this level. Uh, on secondary things, we're more problem conscious uh, sometimes than power conscious. Because we've got a challenge ahead of us. We're facing something. But the power of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is available to all Christians. It's the great need of the day. Amen. The power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Be clothed, be filled with power from on high. The power of the Holy Spirit is for the work of the Spirit. The Spirit-filled life is normal. Did you know that? The spirit-filled life for the Christian should be normal. It's what we yearn for and we long for. It can be an everyday experience in your life. The power of the Holy Spirit. The supernatural power of God. It's not something we just come and experience because we, we make our way to a pew on Sunday morning. Though... Oft we can feel the presence of the Lord and the, how, and the Holy Spirit. But friend, you need him tomorrow. You need him when the whole family's gotten sick. You need him when somebody's facing a, a serious a medical situation. You, we just need him all the time. We need the Holy Spirit. And it should be just a normal, healthy dynamic of our life to have the Holy Spirit. It's the need of our day. And God has so designed you and me that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. It doesn't have to elude you all of your life. As a believer in Christ, you can experience it. In God's sight, it's the norm. It's what everybody needs to have. We think of the power defined, the power needed. What about the power source? There's only one source. There's only one source of this power that is so needed. The Holy Spirit. His office is to regenerate. His office is to sanctify. His office is to empower for service. The secret of the, of the triumphant march of the early church was the Holy Spirit. Amen. The victories that were won, the accomplishments that were made, the souls that were added. On the day of Pentecost, the, the key ingredient was the coming of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of God that rested upon Peter and the others as they labored together with the quickening of the Holy Ghost. That many souls were added to the kingdom. Many were baptized into the faith. It was that one ingredient, that one necessary ingredient is the Holy Spirit. All of us who have spoken publicly, maybe particularly as from the sacred desk, there are times when I feel far too human 
times when I feel far too much like, oh God, unless you help me, we're not going to make it. I don't like those moments. I don't like those moments when, when I, you just feel like maybe you're, it's just you. You're kind of out here on a limb all by yourself. And we're praying, we're seeking God, not just as we preach, but long before we get here, that it'll be God, it'll be the Holy Spirit, it'll be the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you're only going to hear what this thick noggin is trying to figure out and spit out. But by the help of God, you're going to hear from Him. You're going to hear from the Holy Spirit. He has that unusual way of using the human vessel through which he can channel his spirit and connect and connect with men and women, boys and girls, and make the significant difference in our midst. Back, I think I shared this, but back some weeks ago, I've got ants running around up here. Back some weeks ago, uh, I, uh, I attended a pastor's conference that so, so deeply struck me just so deeply impacted me and, and that was the, first, the significant need of the Holy Spirit. That our efforts, if, if when you leave here this morning all you can do is talk about me, then I've not done my job. The Holy Spirit has not been exalted enough. There's not been enough of the Holy Spirit in our midst because what should happen when we leave a place, sure, thank God for music and preaching and people that we can relate to and connect with. God is a way of using all that. But ultimately, the one who should get the glory should be, the, should be God. It should be the Holy Spirit, His faithfulness to meet with us because if He doesn't come, poor you and poor me. He's our source. Christ fulfilled his promise to send the Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad? He didn't sit on his hands. He didn't didn't leave us stranded by ourselves. He did exactly what he promised he would do. He sent the Holy Spirit. They had to be in the upper room. They had to be tearing. They had to be waiting. They had to be seeking. They had to be surrendered. They had to be yielding. And the Holy Spirit came faithfully. And he'll do the same for any one of us. Amen. He'll do the same today. Christ fulfilled his promise to send the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. God opened the floodgates. He poured the Holy Spirit into waiting hearts. He poured the Holy Spirit into hungry hearts. He poured the Holy Spirit into tired hearts and empty hearts. Maybe even wavering heart. We know they were wavering. They had their share of struggles before the Holy Spirit anointed them. A plenty. They were all changed. They were all charged by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now in in the midst of their waiting, they were well rewarded. In the midst of their hungering, they were well fed. In the midst of their weariness, they were charged. In the midst of their emptiness, they were energized and they were filled. And in the midst of their wavering, they were driven by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The power source we must have. Then I think of power usage. If we get it, now what are we supposed to do with it? 
What do we do with this power? Well, it's, it's to be experienced and it's to be used. Power should always be our servant. Should always be a servant. God empowers us. God enables us so that we can pass it on. We can be used of God and enabled to be able to connect with others so that they too can experience it and they too can have opportunity to share the power of God at work in their life with someone else, to exemplify it on the job, to exemplify it in the business dealings, to exemplify it in in all of your doings in the home, to exemplify the Spirit of God, the power usage. There's power to witness. What's the scope of the witness? Well, it's in Jerusalem and in all Judea and all Samaria and where else? Everywhere else. Amen. Everywhere else. In all the world and the uttermost part of the earth. A witness. As a witness, you and I, we are witnesses of the Holy Spirit coming and doing a work in our life. And and now we need to be true. We need to be reliable. We need to be consistent in our journey of sharing that power. Utilizing that power for His glory and his honor, power to witness, power to preach the gospel. Peter was filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, there in Acts chapter 4 and verse 8. And you know something? Only Spirit-filled preaching is effective. I'm wasting my time if I think I've got it figured out and I can do this and I don't need him. Oh my... And the same goes for any one of us. My words only have so much impact, but when the Holy Spirit comes, His power can have a lasting impact. Amen. A lasting impact. Power to convert. Converting power. Seeing others come to the faith. To know Christ after 10 days of waiting and emptying in prayer. And one hour, uh, there was one hour of preaching and 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom. Uh, The revival was continuous. The scriptures talk about it there in the book of Acts as they went from house to house. Oh God, give us such a move of your spirit once again. We want to use your power in a way that glorifies you. That adds increase to your kingdom. Amen. To the kingdom of God. Power to suffer. Aren't you glad he gives us power to suffer? Amen. Power to suffer. We read in 1 Peter 4 and 16. If if one suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. (laughs) If it's because you're a Christian that the attack is on. I know it's wearisome, it wears us out, it breaks our heart. Oh, we would that they would be changed, somehow changed in their intellect and changed in their heart, that they're no longer fighting everything spiritual and everything Christ-like and everything pure and holy. Oh, we yearn for that day, but yet we need not be ashamed if we have to suffer 
Christ. Thank God. He's the stabilizing force. The Holy Spirit is the stabilizing force in our life. I think just yesterday, Donnie said something to me about the effect of, you know, why is it that when somebody has it in for you, the first thing they go after is your faith. Right away, they've got to bring the church into it. They've got to bring Jesus into it. They've got to bring, you know, your religion, what you're professing. They bring it in. And then maybe there's times, rightfully so. But often it's for the purpose of they're going after your source of power. They're going after your source of stability. They're going after, and it's, it's of the devil. The devil uses that to try and break us down at our point where we're most most dependent, and that is on the Holy Spirit. Oh, how we need him. Don't let somebody talk you out of him. Don't let somebody bring such suffering into your life that you abandon the faith. We have nothing to be ashamed of. If we've stood in a Christ-like spirit for the things of God, and we now must suffer for it. Who knows how much we may even have to suffer here in America because of it. According to Hebrews chapter 11, many suffered for their faith. There are plenty who suffer today for their faith. We need not be ashamed of that. It's not a badge of merit that we need to wear. It's nothing to boast in and brag about. We just thank God that he ever saw fit to save our soul, fill us with the spirit, and enable us to be able to live for him. And now to suffer for him? Wow. Thank you, Lord, for your enabling grace. We're using the power that he's emitting, that he's giving out. We're utilizing it in many different ways. Power to suffer, power to serve. Power to serve. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. Indeed not. But Joshua said, as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Amen. Is that your purpose this morning? That's what you've determined in your heart by the grace of God. We will serve the Lord. Is it always easy, huh? Ever have your heart broken? Sure have. But I'm going to keep on keeping on by the grace of God, by His help. He's given me the power. I want to use it right. I'm just going to keep on serving Him. He's been faithful to me. Service stands out on every page of the Bible. Service. Serve, serve, serve. You're serving God. You're serving the King of kings and Lord of lords. You're serving the faithful Holy Spirit who has done the work in your life. We're using His power to serve. Praise His wonderful name. And then finally, power channels. Power channels, conductors. We want to be power channels, don't we? I'm not interested in hoarding it all to myself. Everybody needs to feel this. Everybody needs to experience this. Make me a blessing, Lord. Make me a channel through which your spirit can flow. That they see Jesus, they see you, they see God at work. It sparks an interest, it piques their, their interest until they, they want the same. They want to experience the same. And thanks be to God, it need not elude you. You can experience the same. You can have it for yourself, but Lord, make me a blessing. 
The songwriter went on to say, tell, tell me the sweet story of Christ and his love. Tell of his power to forgive. Others will trust him if only you prove true every moment you live. What a beautiful song. What accurate words. We've got to do that. Lord, make me a blessing. And oh, that God would give us lives that are earnest, hearts that are pure, wills that are unselfish. They're just fully thine, fully surrendered to you, Lord. A vessel of honor I am today, all because Jesus didn't throw the clay away. Hallelujah. Help me, Lord, to receive your power and utilize your power for your glory and your honor. Power will not flow through a life of impurity. Simon learned that. This power, it can't be purchased with money. He thought maybe, just maybe, I could dig deep enough and I could purchase this power to cast out devils and do this stuff. No, no, you can't. You've got to experience it from on high. Elon Musk can't even afford it. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. You're never going to buy it. You just have to receive it. Because you meet his conditions. The Holy Spirit's conditions. He's more eager to give you what I've been talking about this morning than what we are to ask. The scriptures talk about that. He's He's more eager to give the Holy Ghost than what people are to ask. Lord, help us not be guilty of not asking. Let's be beggars for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Earnestly, hungry, yearning, longing, desiring the Holy Spirit in our lives today. He won't place it in a life of impurity. He won't flow through a life of impurity. Impurity blocks it. It hinders it. It won't work. But he purifies us. Then his spirit can flow. We can't buy it with money. We can only receive it from him. Praise his name. One heart must be right in the sight of God. One's heart must be right in his sight. What did Jesus say? Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. The pure in heart shall see God. Lord, I want to see you. I want to dwell where you are. There's no shortcuts. It's coming by way of the cross. Waiting in the upper room, as it were, for the Holy Spirit to fill you as a believer. And then to go forth to serve. To live the life as he enables you. The right habits of prayer are necessary. The old Indian proverb goes something like this. I used to pray three times a day. But now I pray only once a day. That's all the time. That's all the time. A constant spirit of prayer. A life that's so lived that a prayer feels right at home in your life. Amen. A prayer feels right at home in your life. The prayer habit, it'll help us to build up reservoirs of power. A genuine love for the Bible. Oh, friend, do everything you can to get a good grip on the Bible. Not just with your hands, but with your heart, with your mind. Get a good grip 
on the Bible. Lord, teach me. I'm hungry. I want to know. Deb just confessed to this the other Wednesday night. I just, I just want to know more. I want to understand more. That's exactly what God wants. He can work with that. He can work with that. He's a great revealer. Praise His name. Have a genuine love for the Bible. Believe in its inspiration. Believe in its truth. Believe in the efficacy of the blood of Jesus Christ that can save from all sin. Believe in the reality of sin. Believe in forgiveness. Believe in the judgment. Believe in heaven and hell. Those, these are for real. We've got a heaven to gain, a hell to shun. Lord, help us know how to handle your Bible, and your Bible will tell you all about that stuff. Amen. It'll tell you all about it. And one way to channel this power is to have a passion for souls, a passion for the lost. Christ's heart ached for lost people, didn't it? The heart of Jesus ached for lost people. Go to, go to Luke 15. You'll find out about the lost and found department. How much his heart ached for the lost and what rejoicing there was when the lost sheep was found, the lost coin was found, and the lost son was found. Hallelujah. So let's have a a passion for the lost. We'll be right at home with Jesus with a passion for the lost. All of us can obey the Bible as it is diligently and effectively revealed to us by the faithfulness of the Holy Spirit. This book is full of tragedies, but it's also full of triumphs. The whole gamut, it runs the whole gamut of what we can experience in life. Let it be said of this generation, of our day, in 2022, that they were a people with a vision, they were a people with a passion, They were people with great power because they were surrendered and yielded to the Holy Spirit. And He enabled them. He enabled them to labor for the kingdom. God enabled them to effectively promulgate the gospel. Let's tarry until we're endued with the power to get it across. The power to get it across. You know, a pep talk will only do good for a moment. A pep talk. You ever given a pep talk or received a pep talk? Boy, it can get you fired up to get you through whatever it is. You know, finish the game. Win, lose. We were winning yesterday until the last minute. In that frustrating game of, of uh, cornhole. Looks so easy. Some of you looking on this morning, you think, wow, to be filled with the Spirit looks so easy. But friend, it, it, it takes a surrender. It takes a yield. A yielding to God. We don't get it just by wishful thinking. We don't get it just by a pep talk. We get it because we listen to the Holy Spirit. We followed His leadings. We yielded to His control. And allowed him to take control of our will, our passions, our desires. And thus now we can be led by the Holy Spirit. Praise his name.
Thank God for his presence and his help here this morning. What he's enabled us to share, all for his glory. The Holy Ghost will get the job done in your life if you'll let him have his way. I want us to conclude with a song in our hymnals, number 290. Let's stand together. Maybe you're hungry for the blessing of holiness. This altar's open. The opportunity is for you to seek the Holy Spirit. You can find Him here. You can find Him any place where you yield to Him, where you surrender to Him, where you're willing to pay the price to go with God. You can find His forgiving grace and you can find His cleansing power. Let's sing about Pentecostal power. Number 290 in our hymnals. Lord, as of old at Pentecost, Thou didst Thy power display With cleansing purifying
why we're here. Amen. That's what motivates us. That's what empowers us to do what we do, keep the doors open, keep offering opportunities for people to know God, to experience Him, and then pour themselves into the work of God by the Holy Spirit. Praise His name.